Hello and welcome to the Knowing Self, Knowing Others podcast, the fortnightly podcast that explores self-awareness, leader effectiveness and leadership at all levels. Join me, your host, Nia Thomas, as we talk to today's Knowing Self, Knowing Others guest. Listeners, I'm joined today by Liam Maguire, and it's lovely to have you here, Liam. Thank you so much for joining me. Liam has a very interesting background in, um, firstly, in the army and then becoming interested in training. And that has led him on to uh, looking at children's homes and developing his own children's home, which is something that he's he's involved in at the moment. But Liam, please do introduce yourself. Yeah, Hi, my name's Liam. I'm from South Wales. My experience of, of leadership is I initially went to Royal Military Academy Sandhurst, where we train our British Army officers. I went there in 2009. I then became a captain um, in the Royal Welsh. Um, I trained and led soldiers um, in places like Belize in South America, Kenya, um, and then Afghanistan. Um, I then got into training young recruits um, in Catrick and fell in love with the whole vocation of, of youth development. I then left the army. I got into managing children's homes for about five or six years and worked in a secure children's home and um, very, very intense environment, but very meaningful. Um, I then left to become a head of operations for a um, a family and children's charity called Homestart Cymru. And then I have recently um, left and joined a housing association. Um, called uh, Valleys to Coast, where I'm their leadership management trainer. Behind that, I'm a a trustee, um, trustee for uh, two charities. That's amazing and quite an interesting pathway to to go from army through to training through to supporting young people and now into children's homes. But having we've had a bit of a chat before and I can really see how all of those pieces fit together. Let's step into our questions because I'm sure listeners are very interested in hearing your answers to these questions coming at it from that winding pathway that you've taken to come to leadership. How do you define self-awareness? Very interesting question. Very important concept, I think, for all leaders at all levels. Personally, uh, I think it's a self-awareness is a is a, is a three hundred and sixty degree uh, multi-dimensional understanding of yourself. Ideally, I like that. I like that. I might use that in the future. Yeah, well, I, I thought about it. And it, when I was in the military, we were always taught to treat the battlefield like a, a 360 degree environment, forward, behind you, everywhere. And, uh-huh. and you're really looking out for risk. So, and you need to understand that risk comes from everywhere. You need to be fully informed about the battlefield, as I said, 360 degree environment. Um, and, and I think you need to be the same about yourself. Um, uh-huh. To have true self-awareness, you need to look at yourself from different perspectives. Um, your own and others. Um, and that's the only way you can be truly informed about who you are. Um, and, and as I said, ideally with no no biases, I, I think it's really important that you you, you have that all-rounded view um, of yourself. I um, the, the, the simplest way to put it, um, which I really liked, is the classic quote from, from Aristotle and Nietzsche about know thyself. I, I, I really like that. I think that's just such a simple, simple way to look at self-awareness. Um, but then there are multiple dimensions to that, mainly the subjective dimension and then the objective dimension. So you need to stand yourself in terms of how you feel. Um, you need to understand how you think, what you say, um, what you do. But most importantly, you need to try and understand why you, you, you feel, think, say and do those things. So you need to understand your, your unconscious 
drivers, your mm-hmm. your your needs. Um, I think your values, your voids, um, potentially your, your your traumatic experiences. I've, I've seen a lot of this in in in. in certain parts of my career the other part of it and 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 sometimes the part that some people get a bit more uncomfortable with is is the objective awareness of you so the other side of the coin and understanding how how your thoughts words action affect other people's view of you mm-hmm. and i think i think you can never really have a 360 degree perspective of yourself unless you unless you understand how others also view you and i think that can be very much a moderator or at yeah. least a a very well needed tonic for your ego i think other people's views can it's really important because when, when we live inside it's a social contract isn't it it's like it's not just about what you think it's also what other people think and it's, i think there yeah, that that two dimensions to self-awareness do you think there's a relationship between self-awareness and leader effectiveness absolutely um, I think there's a, a very strong relationship. I'd like to hope so. I think it helps to ask yourself what the crux of leadership is. I think um, leadership is the art or the skill or the behaviour of, of, of motivating others to follow in your example or hopefully achieve their their potential. But I think people are not going to follow you on, and they're not going to believe in you or trust in you if they don't believe in you. You need to be inspiring. You need to be motivational. You need to you need to understand your your skills, what you're good at, what you're not good at, um, in order to be able to inspire and motivate others. So I think, yeah, I think the greatest leaders generally would, would be people who are quite self-aware. Um, I think if I was to give a young emerging leader some advice, one of the first things would go back to what Aristotle and Nietzsche said in that you need to know yourself like how can mm-hmm. you possibly understand other people if you don't understand yourself although very interesting in that a lot of people would say ignorance is bliss uh, as a, um, a jim ron who i really like he's um he, he he actually says ignorance is not bliss it's devastation and tragedy he says you can't improve yourself unless you understand the good and the bad and that's often quite uncomfortable isn't it to find out the, the negative about yourself um, and it, interesting link with that is that you hear you hear lots of people say, "Oh, you shouldn't care what people think." You see, you see it on memes, you see it on LinkedIn posts, and I think that's. I've, whenever I see that, I always think that's quite a one-dimensional view. Um, again, that goes back to what I mentioned earlier, sort of that. That's the subjective part. If you if you mm-hmm. don't never care what anybody thinks, it's quite ignorant in a way. So yeah. I think any leader should be receptive and open and actually quite seeking of other people's views. But the key, I think, there is seek out and care about the views of people who matter people who have a deserved of respect people who are uh, professionals in your field people who have good intent for you i just don't think you shouldn't care about you shouldn't care about everybody's views and you should not care about everybody's views you should pick wisely and care about the people that really matter um, but yeah i think understanding um, yourself is a hugely important skill Do you think effective leaders can be found at all levels of organisations? Well, I don't think they just can be. I think it's absolutely essential to virtually every organisation that they are. I think, and not just that they are found at at every level of the organisation, but that leaders already in position are proactively pursuing to cultivate those leaders at every single level. Mm -hmm. Um, I think 
a great quote, I can't remember who said it, but good leaders have lots of followers, but the best leaders create other leaders. I think that's really key. I think you need to work from the ground up. I think you need to sow the seeds regularly. I think you need to harvest them and allow, allow those seeds to nourish the organization. And often those will come from the example set by the leaders. Again, another quote I heard from a, a CEO of JP Morgan. He said, if, you're, if an organization is doing well, it's normally because of some form of good leadership. And if an organization's not doing very well, it's normally due to a lack of leadership. So I think it's clear that you want to try to promote as much leadership as as many levels as possible. We're, like delegated authority, for example, in, in the army, we, we have a, a term called mission command. And it's, it's making sure that everyone at each level has that autonomy, um, that delegated authority to be able to make decisions on the ground in the most useful way but at the time it's needed i think um imagine imagine if you had an organization where no one could make a decision no one could take or seize the day um, they had to constantly come back to their managers back to their leaders back to their line managers asking for advice what to do and never being able to as i said seize the day i think um, evidence seems to show that if you've got a culture of compliance where no one can make a decision unless they get it from a single source of authority um, those sorts of organizations would really struggle i think yeah and I've certainly seen an organisation where the systems in the organisation set up decision makings to happen only at the very top of the organisation. I would absolutely say that the best leaders are the ones that delegate authority and push authority and information downwards to allow people to make decisions. Whereas you'd often see, and I see this in the more, not to be ageist, but the younger, newer, fresher leaders sometimes who are less experienced, they think that the power the arrows, the power arrows and the information needs to always go upwards. You need to push it downwards to the front line um, because that's often in any service, the arrow should point towards the front because that's closest to the service user or closest to the customer. You need those decisions being made quickly on the ground. And plus, as a manager, you don't want people coming to you with every little thing all the time. As I said, the army calls that, that, that mission command and it's about empowering others to to have authority. The leadership book by Neil Jurd, who is also of army background, would be very interesting. And I, I certainly heard a presentation from the Centre for Army Leadership, and they talked about that mission command. And it was such, such an eye-opener and that actually it makes so much sense. And I think we we tend to think that military leadership or military functioning is very separate and has nothing to do with the world of work or public sector, private sector. But actually in listening to that, it really does talk about exactly what you said. It's that empowering others to make the right decisions at the right time. Oh, definitely. I think that I've worked in, I've worked for the army, so public service, I've worked in private I've worked for local authorities and I now work in, in third sector. A lot of the leadership frameworks, models, principles, et cetera, in the army um, would be hugely um, beneficial to every other sector. Um, I think lots of people fall into the trap of thinking that the army is all about just do as I say. And that's absolutely not the, not the case. So yeah, there's lots of, um, lots of positive things to learn from. Do you think leaders at the most strategic level of organisations have greater self-awareness than leaders at other levels of organisations? Um, and for listeners, you can't see there's a wry smile on Liam's face here. <laughs> yeah, interesting. I think you would naturally think yes, because if if going back to what we've already said, if self-awareness is key for success, which it really is, 
and key for personal growth, then you would therefore think that those who've risen up the competence hierarchy and been very successful would have high levels of self-awareness. So you would naturally think, however, I think from my experience, sometimes what you have is you have an issue in an organization. In fact, I see this quite often. The higher up you get, sometimes people are concerned or worried about telling you the truth. You're more likely to tell people the truth when they're your peer or they're in your team. But sometimes people are a little bit concerned, to be honest, with the CEO or, or people who are in positions of power and authority that may potentially have a negative impact over you if you tell them something that they don't potentially want to hear. Certainly seen that. I mean, how many people sugarcoat answers to the CEO or sugarcoat answers to the director or the colonel because they're worried about their careers. And so what happens often is that the more senior you get, the, the less aware you are of, of the environment or, or the workplace because some people just butter you up um, and some people say things that aren't necessarily true um, and they just sound nice because they want to they gain favour of, of, of people in higher positions. So it's really, this is why it's really important that you have a a culture of psychological safety and, and that needs to come from the top down um, we need we need senior managers at all levels to be very very receptive open um, and welcoming of, of of critical analysis i think the best leaders are the ones that put their ideas out there with a hunger for people to stress test their ideas and critique them because if you don't, then how good is your plan or how good is your idea if you haven't exposed yourself to finding out about the potential weaknesses in your point of view? Um, so, yeah, I do. I think naturally you would think all oh, people at the top, they, they must be very self-aware because they, they're, they're at the top. Often they're not because people don't necessarily have the courage to expose their own honesty to them in, in case of, of, of reprisal or... Yeah, interesting. But I've seen it done really well. So in, in the organisation I work in now and, and the organisation I previously worked in, um, both our, our senior leadership team that I was part of um, is, is very, very open and receptive to feedback and it helps them be self-aware. And we do that with lots of consultation, lots of surveys, um, making sure that we promote a, a, a culture of psychological safety. There's probably a lot of different perspectives in different organizations again dependent on where you sit in that organization so yeah very interesting question yeah I think you're right I think people come at it from a very different perspective it's interesting as you were talking there there is and again I've talked to some other people throughout my podcasting and there is this definite sense as a leader unless you are open to feedback then you are not going to be able to develop that self-awareness. But as you were talking, I think I was thinking it's not just feedback and having an open door policy, being welcome and being um, receptive to that. It's something about actively seeking it out as well. Yes, definitely. Yeah, I think that's really important. You need to give people the, the feeling that you really want it and that it's genuine and sincere. I think there's nothing, we've all probably come across those disingenuous people, whether it's peers, managers, supervisees. Um, I think you really need to get across to your organization that you are genuinely valuing their views and their opinions. Um, because if you don't value people's opinions, eventually they just won't give them. So yeah, I agree totally with you. You've got to be actively genuine in your desire to want to listen to people's views, their feelings, their thoughts, their suggestions. You've also got to make sure you, you include them 
in being able to add value to the organization. But that doesn't necessarily mean telling you you're right. Adding value can be actually saying, hold on a minute now, what you're doing, I think is wrong because of this, 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 and this. And we need those people. Going back to the military, I always try to lean on this sometimes. And that if I had a plan when we was going on patrol and I called my three corporals in and, and one of them had information, vital information that, about the risk or harm or, or say, for example, I wanted to take a certain route and I didn't have all the information and, and, and they didn't feel confident to tell me. That puts people's lives at risk. I need that person, that, that corporal, that leader of a team to be able to say to me, look, look, sir, boss, whatever you want to call me, that that route is very dangerous. I know you've got that plan in your head, but that is not what I would do. Now, if I was a, an egotistical leader, I would be like, hold on now, I'm, I'm the boss. I know what I'm doing. But actually what you need to do is like, great, thank you so much for telling me that. Um, you've added value by critically analyzing my plan. That's exactly what we want from those leaders. And that's why you need to delegate that confidence um, and, and, and have that culture of, of psychological safety. Especially when you're in life and death situations. Especially so, yes, yeah. Do you think effective leaders have more self-awareness than ineffective leaders? Yeah, yeah, I would say overwhelmingly. You can have examples of people leading leading teams or organisations to probably short-term success and maybe not being particularly self-aware, but I think they're very few and far between. Um, I think, I think as we've, we've touched on, this has been a common thread all, all the way throughout. I think self-awareness is one of the key skills of any effective leader. I, I can't think of many leaders or leaders that have been consistently successful across multiple domains who've not been who've not had a very high level of self-awareness um, i think for you to continually grow and for you to continuously be successful you need to continuously reassess yourself and i think it's extremely important and i've i've spoken to people who have said Leadership without self-awareness, as you've said, is limited, time limited. Um, it's only going to get you so far. But great leaders have self-awareness. And I, and I think that's exactly what you're saying. It's that difference between, yeah, you can lead, but are you going to be an effective and a great leader? And maybe yeah. self-awareness is that key difference. We, we can confuse leadership sometimes. People are in certain positions um, and not necessarily due to competence. Um, and, you could, and, and the team could be successful. And that may not necessarily be down to you. But I think if you're going to be a consistently successful leader across not just multiple domains, but multiple timeframes, um, then I think you need to, then that's where self-awareness is really going to be, be key. I think we can all be successful once, even maybe with a bit of luck, but to do it consistently over multiple domains over time across different organizations, that's where, that's where it, um, it really becomes a, a power skill. There's another... There's um touching on what we mentioned earlier about um Aristotle and Nietzsche's quote about know thyself. There's a there's a, an American operatic singer um, Robert Brodt and and he, he wouldn't think many people would be able to improve on the quotes from people like Aristotle and Nietzsche, but he has and it's a really really good quote and something that has had me thinking quite a lot recently, especially when we've we've spoken about this. Is he says know thyself, but keep renewing the acquaintance. I like that. I, I love that. I thought that, that that blew me away because it made you think knowing yourself is not a one-off thing. So every day you become a new person, you shed your skin. Every experience that you go through makes you a new person. You add to your armor. So the, the leader I was 10 years ago is not the leader I am today. 
the person I was before I had my daughter is not the person I am today. And I think that that, that extra value he added to that quote of, of making sure you renew the acquaintance is really important because because it means you've got to constantly keep reflecting on who you are today because your needs change, your experiences change. Um, so I, I really like that. I thought that was a, a nice, nice, nice thing to add. Most definitely. Liam Maguire, it's been absolutely brilliant having you on and I'm so glad we found the time to have this catch up. Thank you so much and I very much look forward to hearing how things are going with your children's homes and how you're developing your leadership during that role and how you're developing the leadership of others. Liam Maguire, thank you so much. Thank you very much, Liam. All the best. Thank you for joining me, your host, Nia Thomas, at the Knowing Self, Knowing Others podcast. If you'd like to know more about self-awareness, leader effectiveness and leadership at all levels, please take a look at my website, knowingselfknowingothers.co.uk. You can also join me on YouTube, LinkedIn or Twitter. Make sure you bookmark the Knowing Self, Knowing Others podcast and tune into the next episode in two weeks time. I look forward to having you on my learning journey. If you'd like to join me as a guest on the Knowing Self, Knowing Others podcast, please drop me a line at info at knowingselfknowingothers.co.uk. If you'd like to advertise your podcast, book or company connected to self-awareness, leader effectiveness or leadership at all levels, please drop me a line at the same email. Please remember to bookmark the Knowing Self, Knowing Others podcast so that you can keep up to date with all new episodes. Remember to rate this podcast on whichever directory you listen Knowing Self, Knowing Others is available to listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Podcast Index, Podcast Addict, Podchaser, 